Welcome to Ask the Therapist, the podcast that invites you into the therapist room to explore the world of mental health with me, your host, Sarah Rees. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ask the Therapist. It's lovely to have you here. My name's Sarah Rees. I'm your host and today I'm talking with Emma Hine. Emma is a business strategy coach and we've been working together for the last few months and she's been helping me make some real changes in my business. I'll still be carrying on delivering therapy but I'm also going to be helping therapists set up and build and grow their private therapy practice and Emma's been the perfect person to do that because she's taught me all I need to know about strategy and business planning and how to create a business and a life that I love. She's taught me that through her own experiences. Emma was running a seven-figure business until she reached burnout. She's going to talk us through that story and tell us how she pivoted and how she has now created a successful business and a life that she loves and how she maintains balance and sustains her good well-being whilst being a really successful coach. And if you enjoy this episode and you're a member of Therapist Corner over on Substack, you can join us on Monday the 11th of March, where Emma will be coming in at quarter past 12 to talk to us about business strategy and ask all your questions. But for now, sit back, grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the episode. Welcome, Emma, to Ask a Therapist. It's amazing to have you here. So we've been working together for a few months now and you've been helping me with business strategy as my business coach. So when we've generally got together, I've been really picking your brains and I (laughs) bombard you with lots of stuff. So it's an amazing opportunity to be able to sit down with you and really hear your story. So a warm welcome to today. And could you tell us a little bit about what you do and what is a business strategist for those that haven't heard of it? Absolutely. And first of all, thank you very much for having me on, Sarah. I am super excited for our conversation. It's great for you to be quizzing me for a change. Okay, so I'm, as you say, a certified business strategist, and I help people to grow a business they love. Now, what does that mean? Now, a business strategist, technically, what a business strategist does is works with businesses to look at all of the foundations you've got in your business. So this is things like You'll start with your vision, your mission, your values. What is it that your business is all about? We'll look at processes. We'll look at the team if you've got one. We'll look at your marketing strategy, your sales strategy, basically everything that you need, all the fundamental things that you need in order to um, build a successful business. And then what we will do is we will start to unpick that and start to look at where the gaps are within your business that are possibly stopping you from reaching your ultimate goals, reaching this point that you want to get your business to. And we will help you by making recommendations, things that you can change that is going to make your business grow and potentially be um, more profitable. So that's basically what a business strategist does. So what type of business people do you work with or what kind of businesses do you work with? The key for me is always I work with ambitious business owners. So this is people who really want to grow a business. It um, doesn't matter what scale, what sort of size they want to grow it to, but they, they have a vision and that's what they want to do. They're ambitious people. Most of the people I work with tend to be looking to grow um, like multi six figure businesses, but that is not essential. Not all of them are doing that. So for me, that sort of them, tends to be the people I work with, mostly female, but I don't choose that. That just seems to be the people I attract. I think it's because I'm obsessed with pink. All right, so that's everywhere. And I'm wearing a pink jumper, so perfect. Perfect. 
And what does a typical week look like for you? This is what I love about my job. The fact that every week is so, so different. I mean, there is some standard stuff that I'm going to be doing week in, week out, and that's going to be working with my clients to really dig into the businesses. I tend to find that my sort of like the bit that I end up focusing most on, which I think we all as business strategists tend to have a bit of a specialism, mine tends to sit around what I call the marketing side of strategy. So this is things like getting to know who your ideal client is. This is things like um, looking at your product suite. So what products and services have you got available and are they profitable and are they the right products and services for your client, your customer? Looking at the customer journey, setting targets, goal setting. I spend quite a lot of time, you know, holding people accountable, making sure that people are taking the action. But the other part of my business, um, and this isn't always typical of a business strategist, but it's something that is super important to me, is connection building. I am a huge advocate for building true connections with other business owners. So I spend a lot of my time building connections from a, a personal, my business point of view, but also bringing other people together so that they can also build those those connections. Yeah, fantastic. It's been so helpful for me because you're quite firm, aren't you? Which is, you know, and I think being in a business and I've managed to, I can really overcomplicate business and stuff. And it's, as therapists, we're not taught the business side of things. That's what I've had to do through my own training and having my own coaching. But you've been really helped me kind of help me to see the wood for the trees and get clarity and, and give me some tough advice sometimes. But it's really just so valuable to have another set of eyes that's quite fresh to your business, but really deep diving into your business. It's just been absolutely fantastic. I know, though, that this becoming a business strategist was quite a pivot for you and that you used to run a very successful seven figure business. And and then you kind of change things up. Can you tell us about the business you ran before and, and that journey? Yeah, I, I mean, that business was completely different to this. Um, it was still in the online world, so to speak, um, but it was an e-commerce business. So I um, I grew a an e-commerce business from the ground up. And that business was um, was, for me, built on one thing, and that was monetary growth. It was about growing a business that made money, growing a business that financially looked like a very, very successful business. Is that what you wanted from the start? No, no. If we want to go rewind this a little bit, I was in corporate and whilst I was in corporate, I enjoyed my job. There was nothing I disliked about my job, except I didn't ever feel like I could be myself or or get the freedom that I wanted. I wanted to be able to travel more be able to go to all of the kids, you know, appointments and all of the things that, you know, that as a mum, you want to do. So for me, it was always, always about freedom. It was always about wanting to have, you know, a freedom-based lifestyle. But what I did whilst I was building that was one, I forgot that. But two, I also thought in my head that once the business is making money, the freedom will just come. That will just happen automatically because by that point, the business is making money and I can just pay somebody to do that thing. Yes. Yeah. So tell us what you were selling. Um, it started off with just, this always makes people smile because it makes you think about how many. It was greeting cards. We started off with greeting cards. So yeah, we sold a lot of greeting cards to turn over that sort of amount of money. 
Um, but we had gifts and housewares and things that were in there as well. So it wasn't purely just... Um, did you design the cards? No, no we did have... I say no. We did have some bespoke ranges, but it wasn't us physically designing them. We were told a company who had got a design team and a production team, the sort of thing that we were looking for. They showed us some sample images and that sort of thing. So we did have bespoke products, but they weren't, you know, they weren't designed by us. It was printed on the back, designed exclusively for... Yeah. But yeah, they weren't specifically ours. Why? How did you come to greeting cards? It was just one of those random conversations. It was me and my husband that set the business up. And at the time, I was in corporate, so I was still doing my thing. He had left his career because his career, he was a financial advisor um, and he wasn't enjoying it. So he'd left that career and his dream was always to build a house. So he built a house. Then we had... Uh, our third daughter came into the world. Um, so then he he sort of stepped into the mum role, I suppose. I mean, that sounds really awful, doesn't it? He stepped into the role of, you know, t- taking uh, uh, yeah. the parent role, exactly that. Um, so he did that. But then when little Emily got a little bit older and went off to nursery and school, he got a little bit bored. So we started to discuss what we could possibly do to give me the freedom away from the corporate world, but also to give him something to do. One Sunday morning, lying in bed, a greeting card at the side of the bed. And I just said, do you know, you never see them online, do you? And that's where it started from. Wow. And and how did it do? It, I mean, I had to stay in my corporate job for a couple of years just to get the business up and running and established. But then as soon as I left, it was two, December 2008. Um, when I left, it grew really, really quickly. So at the time we were working from a home. Before we knew it, we were in our first premises, taking on our first staff member. It didn't seem like much longer before we were moving into a bigger premises, more staff, bigger premises, even more staff. It all happened very, very quickly. And the business sort of went from turning over, you know, just around that VAT threshold up to multi high multi-six figures very, very quickly. So it was a very, very rapid growth. Was that just through a website or did you get distributors? Did you? It was mainly through our own website. So we were all self-fulfilled. So we had the warehouse, the logistics and everything in place. But we did also do a little bit on some of the um, third-party sites like eBay and Amazon, those sort of places. But it was mainly our, you know, our customer base that we had built up through our website. Was there magic that happened? I think that's really like I know if I decided to do greeting cards tomorrow, that would not happen. What was it? Do you, was it? I mean, the the combination with you and your husband. Do you think, or the did you fulfil a, a real need? I think at the time, I mean, this is going back to we first launched this in 2006. So we did have time on our side in the sense that there wasn't the online world that there is now back in 2006. So we were in there right at the beginning, right in the early stages of e-commerce becoming a thing. Moonpig existed. They were losing millions of pounds every year, but they existed. But we sort of carved a path for something new. Um, and it was just, we, we, we have both been and we both continue to be people who will give it our all and do whatever we need to do in order to get the end result. So we did all sorts of things, all the things that we needed to do, including investing in in the right website, including investing in making sure that all of the product descriptions were right, the images were right. We just wanted to keep it so it was really simple. So when you land on the website, it was really easy to just go and find what you wanted, buy it, 
and go and then have it delivered to you quickly. So we just from the beginning did that. And as I say, because we were quite in isolation, really, there wasn't many people selling greeting cards online at the time. We'd got our foot in the door to start to build our own customer base because it wasn't long before more and more people started to come on board. Fantastic. So it's a combination of things that the convenience of it, your huge drive together with your husband about making it a really great product and easy and accessible. And timing as well, which there always is that sometimes, isn't there, that you came into the market at a really brilliant time. And then things start to go wrong, didn't they? Can you tell us about that? You eventually came out of it, but what started, did you get the freedom or what started to happen? No, I didn't get the freedom, not at all. Eventually, as time went on, the, the business was taking up more and more of my time, despite having a you know a team of nine, I think it was nine people at, at one point. Um, I was spending more and more time working on the business. I became obsessed with the growth of the business. And when I talk about the growth, I talk about the financial growth. Um, I became quite obsessed with that. Which is the, looking at the targets and the monetary goals, which gets, can be so addictive, can't it? That's... It can, it can. And it's a key part of running a business. It's a key part of growing a business, but it is only one element. And, and for me, we launched the business in 2006. I moved into it full-time 2008. My first point of realisation of, as to whether this was quite going the way I wanted it to go was in 2010 when my youngest daughter was taken into hospital just before Christmas, right in the middle of our peak time, was taken into hospital with a broken femur. Very long story short, she had a cyst in her bone and we knew she was going to be in hospital for quite a long time and this wasn't going to be a short-term thing moving forward. We didn't know that at the time it happened, but we learned that quite quickly. So I was suddenly removed from the business. Back in 2010, I assure you in hospitals and everywhere else, Trying to access things via Wi-Fi was really hard. I had this BT dongle that I, you know, had to use about this big. I had to plug it into my laptop, and there was one corner in the, the like the parents' room where, as long as I sat very still, I could get really slow internet access. So it made it very difficult for me to get involved in the business. So I felt totally, totally out of control. And I felt totally guilty that I wasn't in the business, whereas actually none of that should have been part of where I was. At that moment, all my thoughts should have been my eight-year-old daughter who was, you know, in a lot of pain. Absolutely, I was there for her, and that was never, never a question. But I shouldn't have been having all of these thoughts. We spent, I think it was 19 days, either 16 or 19 days in hospital. And that gave me a lot of time to start reflecting start looking and thinking, is this giving me what I want? Should me being here in hospital be a problem considering I run my own business? So that was like the first starting point. I think you'd be able to have automated that. Yeah, and and we did. Over time, the business became a really well-oiled automated machine in terms of the distribution, in terms of the, the, you know, the orders coming into the system, going into another system that produced the invoices, the packing labels, the picking things, and all of that sort of stuff, that all became very, very automated. But it was a lot of the other stuff that sat around it that was taking up my time. So it sort of continued. Laptop was coming on holiday every time I left the building. So I spent more time in hotel rooms 
whilst the rest of the family were out having fun. I wasn't going to social events because it was just time that I just thought was more precious. It needed to be spent on on the business. I was working seven days a week. I was working up to 90 hours at certain times of the year. Um, And it was just, it just became crazy. But I kept doing it because one, I didn't know any different. Two, I had a real fear of, 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 of not looking like I could cope. And three, I had all the pressure of all of these other people who we now had, who we were now responsible for paying their mortgages and keeping all of the roofs and things over their heads. I felt responsible for all of that. So no, the business completely took over my life. So where did that pressure lead you? It started to have an effect on my mental health. I don't hide this fact. I talk about this now. Um, At the time, I didn't. And at the time, I refused to accept help or I refused to talk about it. Um, But I started to lose weight. My weight dropped off me. I was considerably painfully thin when I look back at the very occasional photograph there is of me now. I was drinking a lot of alcohol because wine took away a bad day and every day was a bad day. The more wine that you drink, I'm sure others will resonate with this, the more you need to drink the next time to take away that pain. I became nasty because I was, you know, I was I was angry all of the time. I was unhappy. So I became angry at home. Um, I became, you know, probably quite a nasty person, really. But externally, beyond the closed doors of my house, nothing looked any different. Yes, the weight loss. But, you know, if anybody said anything, I'd just brush the carpet and move on. Um, you know, that's one of the things as women, our weight goes up and down, doesn't it? So, <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, we can do, we can do that. And ultimately I got to the point where I knew I needed to get out of this business, but I had absolutely no, how, no idea how to do that. So I went down the route of planning my own suicide. And I got to the point where I, I had it all planned. I, I'd, I'd got lots of different ways. I'd go off wandering you know, my husband was petrified. He couldn't come and chase or follow me because we'd got young children in bed. Um, you know, but I would go off wandering. And, and as I'm walking around, that's what I was spending my time doing, you know, actually planning to take myself out of the equation. The only way you saw out at that time. Yeah, yeah. And and when I look back now, I think, you know, that that's crazy that I actually, it, it doesn't even make sense that I to take me out of that equation didn't change anything the business was still there but I was so low so unhappy that I didn't see an alternative now I'm fortunate you know the night that I decided to sit there with my pills and my wine and all of the other things around me it was the middle of the night my husband came downstairs and caught me before it was too late so I'm fortunate that I'm able to you know still be here today but the next morning after I'd done that Not only did I tell him that he couldn't tell anybody, you know, nobody's allowed to know how low I am or how unhappy I am, the pressure I must have put on his shoulders. Now, I got up and went to work like nothing had happened. Oh, my God. And I continued to do that for another, I can never remember the exact dates, but for another between four and six years. That's years, not weeks, months, years. Oh, my gosh. What changed? What was the... Pivotal. You'd think that would have been the pivotal changing point, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you would think so. I think I just needed, I mean, one, what I should have done is, is sought help. Because if I'd have sought help from, you know, from a, a therapeutic point of view to, to help me with, you know, the stuff that was going on in my head, but also from my business point of view, I never would have ultimately had to get 
one, had to put up with that for so long, but two, get to the point that I got to. Not have any mentoring or coaching? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. I would... I can I can tell you now why I didn't know at the time, but yeah. since I've since I've come out the other side and you know I've had that coaching, I've had that mentoring, I've had that support. I've now unpicked it all, and I know that a lot of this all stems back to something that was said to me as a child. Mm. Um, so as a schoolgirl in my teenagers, I was told by a teacher that I would never make anything of myself. Wow! Oh my gosh! And when I look back at my life, yeah, everything I did. I became a mum at 16 and that, you know, for him, that probably cemented the fact that, well, there you go. I knew, I knew she'd be the one, but then I went into corporate 18 and I progressed up the ladder quite quickly and I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked to get myself, you know, into a a senior management level based on the fact that I was determined to prove that I could make something of myself. Still didn't make me happy. So then I build a business. So I'll work hard, I'll work hard to create this business that's turning over, you know, in excess of a million pounds every single year. I've got all of the things you could possibly want surrounding you, cars, houses, villas, all of the things, but I'm still not happy. So it's sort of like, sometimes you don't unpick, do you? Sometimes you don't unpick the the what it is you actually want your life to look like versus what you think is going to take you to where you want to go. Almost proving a point, weren't you? You'd had this Absolutely. said to you, and you've got amazing drive and determination, so you mm-hmm. can go at it. Because it almost sounds like you you completely lost sight of of what you were your goals and what you know the freedom that you started with. Yeah, completely, absolutely. And I think for me, the turning point wasn't a specific event. You know, it's th- there was things like. When I knew it, when I was in hospital with my daughter, that was a, that was a sign. That was a warning sign that things aren't going the way that you want them to go. Attempting to take my own life, that is the biggest warning sign you could ever have. You know, and lots of other little things that went on in between. There's been lots of things that have said, you need to do this. But on mm. that day, and it was December 2020. We just had a really busy year during COVID because we were e-commerce. We could continue trading. I just said, I can't do this anymore. And I need to do something about it. And I closed the business, which has never been done before. As soon as we'd finished the Christmas peak, the business closed. And I said, we're not coming back through this door until we have a plan that says this business is going to start being different. You know, our lives are going to start being different because otherwise we're going to go back to where I was. And and next time it might not have the same end result. So there wasn't a specific thing. I just knew at that point I must have naturally just become stronger. I must have naturally just got, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't it know. allowed you to get to a point where you put put kind of a stake in the ground and went, enough. Mm. Gosh. Yeah, completely. And 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 that was the best thing that I've ever done. I am and I'm very grateful that I got to that point and, and I was allowed to get to that point. Um, you know, closed the business for three weeks and came up with a new plan. The new plan meant that we were going to, you know, have, we didn't know what impact it was going to have on the business because we were going to change the business completely. Um, But we knew we had to do it because what that then gave us was time to sit and look at, um, look at it from a more strategic and a more planned out way. If you'd like to find out more about life behind the scenes of private practice, then why not join us in our Therapist Corner Substack community? 
Therapist Corner on Substack offers an exclusive look behind the scenes of the business of therapy, bringing together diverse perspectives and exploring the how and why of the business of therapy. Visit therapistcorner.co.uk to sign up or for more information. You close the business, which must and it must have been so scary to put a halt on it, to stop the machine that you'd been so determined to kind of get to where it was and you don't did you feel like you reached your goals you know you had you obviously made millions did you ever feel like no and you know what even now when I talk about it I don't feel like it's something that has 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 been one of my successes as such I don't regret anything because I think had I not been through what I had been through I wouldn't be able to help people in the way that I'm able to help people now I wouldn't have the knowledge and experience that I've got to help people now and also for myself as well. So I don't regret it, but also I don't, I don't, other people will say, you know, wow, you grew this, you know, seven figure business. There's lots of people who would like to do that. I don't see it as a success. And that's because I never felt it. I looked it, I looked super successful, but I never felt it because to me, success was about having freedom and I had none. So it became a monster. Exactly. And I think that's, you know, that is, I mean, on a much lower level. But when I started my private practice, I had no business training, no plan. And just, I ended up at the time you could work, well, you still can work with lots of referral agencies. And I, I built this business, right? Instead of in the NHS, I had all these good benefits and I had one boss. I was in private practice. I had like 10 bosses with different systems none of the benefits and it was you know at some point I had to kind of go enough I just can't do this I can't work like like this and it was because I I just this monster just grew I used to say yes to any referrals at any times and and now I kind of have my ideal week and I work a lot in line to that but it came you know it got to a point where you wake up and you think I've built an absolute monster and and it's worse and that comes from without if you don't have the planning or the strategy don't put the foundation in place doesn't it yeah exactly exactly and the thing is I knew all of that because my corporate role had been a strategic type role too so I knew about all I knew everything I should be doing but I just got very laser focused on on the financial growth of it and once you start to do that you can't help it. It just becomes what you do. It's, it's your new habit. It's your new way of working. And you just grind, 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 grind until it it basically grinds you back down. Yeah. So there's lots of people listening to this. There'll be therapists running the private practice and people working in business possibly be able to relate to. And I'm sure quite a lot will be able to relate to what you've talked about. What would be some of the signs that they might look out for if they, you know, what would be some of the warning signs that they might be getting to the point of having to put that stake in the ground and say enough? I think for me, I mean, I think this does vary from person to person. I think it's really important that, you know, you get to know what your own warning signs are. But for me, it was things like, you know, the weight loss. I wasn't eating properly. It was things like drinking more alcohol than I, I normally would consume. It was things like, you know, not being able to go on holiday without taking my laptop, even though I knew it was wrong. It was things like, you know, not being able to to do things, go to my children's appointments and that sort of thing to, to sacrifice them for work. Human rights, you know, good diet, good sleep, good hydration, 
you know, doing things that nurture you rather than deplete you. All those basic foundational things, they went. Every single one went. I, you know, I'd, I'd just be too busy at work. I'd come home. First thing I'd do would be open the wine. By the time you've, you know, sorted everything out that you needed to sort out at home, probably done some more work on my laptop, I'd think, oh, I've not eaten. Oh, never mind. I'll just have this last glass of wine and then collapse in bed. You know, and it's 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 the absolute basics that you, I think, start to drop off, isn't it? Once you start to get to that point, you lose interest in, in yourself as much as you lose interest in everything else. You know, it's socializing becomes a chore. The things that I love, you know, I love being with people, but people became a problem because they might see through me. They might see the real, you know, the real how Emma is feeling. So avoid them, you know, avoid all of these things. So you've obviously done lots to change things. How do you run your life now? You get that work-life balance and make it all more sustainable. What do you do differently? Everything I do now is built with my purpose, my reason, my why, right at the core of it. So the strategy within my business is built very much around, I want to have freedom. I want to be able to choose when I work, where I work, who I work with, how I show up, how I behave. Um, So everything I do within my business, one of the key tick boxes for that first is, does this meet with my purpose? Does this give me what I want my life to look like? And then everything else has to fit around it. Life is so, so precious. And I think we don't always realize how precious it is. And and I just think, I would have thought, if you'd have asked me a couple of years ago, even, you know, I would have said that that sounds really selfish to put myself first. But actually, I don't think it is. Because I wasn't putting myself first before. I was putting the financial growth first, thinking that was going to help other people, my family and everything else. You know, by putting more money in the pocket, I can help and support them in more ways. But actually, all they want is love. All they want is to see me. All they want is, you know, your attention and everything else. So I think it's not selfish to put yourself first because if you're not healthy, that's physically and mentally, you're not showing up for people in the way that they actually want you. Yeah. You changed the business. You closed it down that 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 Christmas. And then how did you go into being a business strategy? I always joke and say that I took myself off to a desert island and refound myself. I absolutely didn't. I, was, I stayed at home. So it's nowhere near that exciting. But, but I had to do a lot of work on myself. I had to really start to unpick who I was, what I actually wanted. Along that journey, along that journey of growing that business, I had lost myself completely. I had no idea what my skills were, what I enjoyed, what I didn't like doing. If you'd have said to me, what's your favorite color? I wouldn't have had a clue back then. So I had to spend a lot of time getting really deep and dirty into into me. And that probably was the most uncomfortable. And I'm going to say 12 months because I bet it took me a good 12 months to get to a point. Did you get any help at that point? Not initially, because initially at this point, I still didn't really, I don't think I understood what help was out there and how it could help me. Because I, I, I sort of thought that I was different than everybody else, that what I was thinking was all on me. I'd built this business, therefore that was my fault. So it was my problem, you know, me that needed There's to understand that. To you, why don't you have a little bit of therapy? What would you have said at that time? I think my answer would have simply been, I don't need therapy. What do I need therapy for? I'll be okay. I just need some time to, to get over this. And, mm. you know, part of that is probably, you know, what had been around me as a person, you know, that the people that I'd surrounded myself and, you know, I was 
bought up very much in a, you know, in a an old fashioned type way, which was, you know, you do this, you do that, you do the other, you don't talk too much about your feelings and, and all of that sort of stuff. So and that's not a criticism of how I was brought up. That's how it used to be, isn't it? You know, you didn't uh-huh. talk so much, especially as a child. So I just think that to me, it never felt like it was the right thing to do. And I just think my husband tried to encourage me to, you know, to go and get some help because bless him, he was at the point where he didn't know what to do with me anymore. But my therapy was the wine. My therapy at the time was the wine. Well, that's numbing and blocking, isn't it? Just yeah. switching off. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would always say to anybody now that if they're ever at a point where something doesn't quite feel right, go and have some conversations with people, go and talk to some people. Even if that's a friend, it doesn't have to be initially going straight into therapy, but go and talk to somebody just to find out if your your thoughts and feelings are normal. I thought mine were normal. They clearly weren't normal, but I thought they were. I thought everybody had the stuff going on and, you know, why why should I be seeking help? That was for people who really needed it. Gosh. So you spent this year kind of reflecting inwards. Yeah, 2021, I spent most of the year reflecting inwards. And the thing that came out to me very, very clearly was, I just want to find a way to help business people to be happy. That was one of the, I started journaling, something I'd never done in my life. I started journaling. And and one of the first things I've got in my old journal was that exact sentence, I just want to help business people to be happy. And you know, I had to explore what that meant, what that looked like, how my skills enabled me to do that. Um, and it was a journey. And then I started to invest in help, be that coaches and mentors from a you know business point of view or being that from, you know, somebody to help me with the therapy side, to help my mindset and, you know, how I think, how I work. And from then on, it, it, it started to all fall together. Mm. So was that important for you, that help, that external help? Absolutely. Absolutely. I still believe even though I'd already made the decision that that business had to go, that wouldn't have changed. I don't think I would be where I am today if I hadn't have had that help and support. I'd I'd have got to somewhere, but probably knowing my personality, knowing how I've got this, you know, I work hard, work hard, work hard type mentality. I think I probably would have thrown myself into something else that would have potentially taken me down a similar route. Um, so that so that the, the help and support I've had has enabled me to keep reminding me why I am doing this. And then your new business that that was formed at that point as a business strategist. Yeah, I mean, at the time I thought I was a mentor, and it's you know it's tweaked and changed over the course of the last few years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where it was born from. Do you see lots of your clients that you work with kind of falling down the the same rabbit hole that you were going down or having created businesses that are overcomplicated or too busy? Definitely, definitely. I think I think a lot of people, me included, you know, overcomplicate business and and we think that we've got to do all of the things. We think that we've got to do it the same way as somebody else is doing it. We think that, you know, this is what we need to to aim for. We think that it's 10K months or whatever the trendy figure is. And actually, ultimately, business success is whatever you want it to be. And, and, And I think, you know, we need to really start stripping down a lot of that stuff. When clients first come to me, quite often, the first thing I am doing with them is getting rid of stuff within their business that isn't actually serving them. Products and services that are not profitable, but they're spending loads of time delivering them. Because we don't have time to do that often. And we often don't see that ourselves. We don't see 
what is going on inside our business because we're so busy looking out rather than looking in. Yeah. What would you recommend are some of the practical tips people could do if they kind of were listening to this conversation and thought, okay, maybe it's time I need to make some changes? I think the biggest practical tip would always be to never forget the reason why you started the business in the first place and to make sure that all of your foundations are built with that in mind. You know, if you don't want to be working all of the hours, don't go and build yourself a business. That means the only way you can make money is by working all of the hours. You know, so definitely that would be the the first one. Never forget your reason for starting your business and never feel that you can't do something because it's different to everybody else. Mm. Um, I think gratitude's a key one. I think for me, something that, you know, looking back to to how business used to be for me, I think I was so busy focusing on, you know, all of the the things that were making me unhappy. I never spent any time looking at the, often the tiny things that may have put a smile on my face. You know, so I gratitude journal now every single day. And I'm not saying everybody needs to journal. It doesn't need to be that complicated. But actually just spend some time really reflecting on, you know, somebody smiled at you today. That's lovely, isn't it? It's a great feeling. You know, the sun's shining, the the absolutely simple things. So spend some time thinking about those because they do take away some of the negative. Contras it off one way or another. Yeah. And I think a, a third one, if I can throw three in there, would allow yourself some time to to just be. And what I mean by that is just to be whatever you want to be, but not to be business owner, mum, wife, daughter, auntie. So just to be whatever you want to be. That doesn't have to be, you know, going off and meditating or, or doing anything like that. It might be, you know, you just want to go and soak in the bath. It might be that you want to go for a walk in nature. It might be that you want to do some learning because that actually is your space for, you know, just being you rather than being somebody else. So that would be my top three. Yeah, so you can become almost your business and there's no kind of divide between the business and you as an individual. No, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's really important we talk about balance in business. I, I think it needs to be integration. You know, there needs to be a way that you integrate your life into your business, but there needs to be points where this is life and this is business. You know, you need to have points where you know that today is all about, I don't know, spending a day for me with the grandkids possibly. You know, it's it's whatever that looks like. And you should be able to just do that without having 4 million things going around in your head that are relating to your business. Yeah, that's really useful, practical advice. Thank you. And thank you for sharing everything you've shared today. It's a really inspirational story about how you've turned it round. One of the questions that I ask all the guests that come on the the show is, if you could go back in time to the 15-year-old version of you, what would you say to younger Emma? Ignore the teacher. (laughs) I think for me, it would be, um, it would very much be just follow your dreams and don't let anybody else tell you that you can't do something if it's what you want to do. Life is super, super precious. So let's focus on the journey here rather than just the destination and do things that make memories. And do you feel like you've got the freedom now? Definitely. We're always work in progress, aren't we? I think as human beings, we are absolutely always work in progress. But definitely, I have got the freedom now. You know, I probably tipped the other way for a while there and thought, work, what's work? You know, I'm just going to go out and do all the things that I want to do. Lovely. Yeah, but you need to do that. So I think that's such, you know, that ta- that year out you took really, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, flipping the balance completely the other way helps you 
kind of get into the middle and be colourful. Exactly that. And, and this year for me is about taking me to where I want to go, which was always to have more freedom. So this year we're going to go travelling and I'll work while I'm travelling, which is something we've always, always wanted to do. So I've turned it round. That's that's the best way to say it. That's the dream. Fantastic. And if somebody's listening and would like to know more about you and what you do, where can they find you and where's the best way to kind of follow you online? My website, emmahine.co.uk, is a great place to find out, you know, if you wanted to work with me. Um, but if you want to really follow the the real me, see what's going on in my life, then Instagram is probably the place to be. I am Emma Hine. Fantastic. Thank you so much today. I really appreciate your time. And I think so many people are going to be able to relate to what you've said. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Ask the Therapist. I'll be discussing all you've heard in this episode and more over in the Therapist Corner community on Substack. To join me there, just click on the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care of your mental well-being as you continue on the path to becoming the best version of yourself.